0: News Talk 98.9. The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio
1: with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Wood
0: Turning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkhookMedia.com.
2: And I'm Maximilian. And Joe, are you ready for this? Laying on me. Happy World Migratory Bird Day. Oh, oh yeah. Wow.
1: World, okay. Explain. I think I understand, but that seems like that's a, that's I guess a mouthful. It's, I guess it's tis the season. World migr. I'm just thinking of the acronym here. Does it flow? <laughs> World migratory bird day.
2: Womb. Oh, it's womb. There you go.
1: <laughs> so what are we talking about? You know, uh, uh, if our parrots migratory birds, no. Alan? Because when I no. uh, when I lived in San Diego, Alan, I saw a flock of parrots. Yes. And they were. Tearing up the neighborhood, then yes. they fly off. And then well, they moved
0: to the next neighborhood and destroyed it. Then they came back.
3: Right. And no, now they they're, they not yeah, okay. they're not migratory. Yeah, they're not migratory.
0: Hey, that's pretty good, Max. Hey. Migratory is like the swallows returning to Capistrano. Okay. Or the swans flying back to the Netherlands.
1: Uh, or, I mean, of course, we've got the geese flying south for the winter, right? You right. Know, or the or
0: in this case, coming back for, you know, Memphis in May.
1: Okay, yeah. Hey, that's pretty good, Max. Uh, migratory bird. In, wait,
2: international migratory bird day. Right. National, no world migratory bird day. I
1: mean, yeah, they know no borders, they don't right. care they about it. They kind of fly, fly. where they want to go, where right? they want to go. So, all right, well, hey, you got if you're out there and you're celebrating uh world migratory bird day, uh, let us know. You can chime in over at the big M roofing and remodeling hotline, 901 683 0989. And of course, Alan, we are going to encourage everybody to get to uh, jump over on Facebook for many reasons. First mm. of all, if they go to the tool talk radio Facebook page, they can see uh the post we made i made a post of our must-have item of the week which is interestingly going to spill over into a bigger discussion (laughs) it's going to expand teaser there into a bigger uh, bigger discussion and then alan i made a post uh, i feel like i have to add a caveat let's Mm. just say you know alan i yield to no one in my love for for america you know how patriotic i am and everything but uh in honor of mother's day we are going to celebrate uh, for our great moments in building history, uh, the mother of all mother statues, the Motherland Calls statue in Volgograd. So uh, it's, the it's big.
2: acronym it's, for this one is Moms. Moms. Yeah. Subtract so the A for all, and it, you get Moms. This
1: statue looks like something that came out of a Lord of the Rings movie. It is just, It, yeah. is, it is an impressive structure, which is what it, we're celebrating it's today. It's so, huge. It's uh, Pretty interesting, um, Alan. Okay, uh, we've got that. We've got Alan's weekend review, which says. Basically, French drains require maintenance. <laughs> Let's sounds... just say I've
0: been playing in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so you go from
1: Russia to France. Okay, yeah. So uh, whatever that means, Max, I don't know. But uh, uh, we got our must-have item of the week. Let's see. We've got um, – I might have to report in, Alan. I have bad news. I broke my reciprocating saw.
0: Oh, my gosh. She could die.
1: I didn't think that was possible uh, based on what you told me. Um, although when you try to remove a tree stump with a <laughs> – <Okay.
2: laughs> That sounds like they set up for a very bad joke. Yeah.
0: I think that's going beyond the prescribed use of said reciprocating saw. Yeah,
2: it might be. I've done it. I've done it. Okay. But it's, supposed, broken to saw- one yet, but it's supposed to saw us all that's yeah. what that, that's not. what
1: the label said so I, mm. I sawed it all and, <laughs> and, and, and I paid the price so I think I might report in on that um Alan in uh in a minute we are going to get to well no I'm not going to tease it because we're going to get to it in a minute okay uh, uh, I wanted to say something though this is a this is sort of a new uh, a new fun thing we're going to do here at Tool Talk Radio so Uh, Apparently, this all started because our buddy Brandon Olmsted from Geek Tank Radio (laughs) was walking into a gas. He was walking into the uh, gas station and he heard Tool Talk Radio playing Mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning. And he said, "Oh, that's that's kind of nifty." And I happened to mention it to our uh, general manager um, Morgan Bohannon, and he and he said, "That's cool." And I feel like we should we should send some love out to uh, businesses that play. Tool Talk Radio no, on Saturday, so Alan, you've got these uh, these wonderful Tool Talk Radio swag packs. I do, right? And so I think we need to drop by there and drop and give them a swag uh, a swag pack. I, and maybe I that, think we can do that. That could be a regular thing. So if you're a uh, if you're a uh, a place of business and you enjoy playing Tool Talk Radio on Saturdays, uh, mm. get in touch with us and let us know, and we will be uh, sending a um, Tool Talk Radio swag pack your way. So this uh, this location happened to be the Amaco Station at Poplar and Yates. So uh, big oh, shout-out to the folks well, over go, there, guys. and thanks for listening, and uh, spread the word. You know, it's pretty pretty nifty. So,
0: I'm, I'm all for it.
1: All right, so Alan, um, we're gonna kick this off. That we're we're re, um, we're you know reconfiguring the show today to our, as is our want. Mm-hmm. Usually, this is something we would do at the end of the show, but after our exhaustive show prep last <laughs> night, you and I agreed this is something that uh, maybe the listeners are gonna want to get in on, and so uh, it's time to exchange some tool tales.
2: And now, tool tales with mm-hmm. Tool Talk Radio.
1: Very good, Max. So. Uh, Let's see. I don't know who that mysterious voice was, but, um, really can't, uh, I think, well, I don't know if this qualifies as tool tales, but, uh, it started because I, I just happened to mention to Alan that I have a great spackle hack, which is also the new name for my band (laughs) spackle hack. And I said, you know, I think it's worth mentioning on the air. And sure enough, as, as it usually happens, we, 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 we start with one thing and it leads to all of these other, other things. And, um, So I want to just talk about something I've been doing for years, and it never occurred to me to discuss it on the show, but I think a lot of people might find this valuable. So let's suppose you've got some, uh, a a good example is like some pencil marks on your wall, or I think this even works with crayon. Okay. Um, Well, you know, that could be difficult to remove. If you try to erase it, sometimes that doesn't really work, The you know, the... The, the lead is just difficult to get off. Well, here's a little trick you can try, folks. Get yourself a wet a wet cloth. Maybe the, my favorite material is like a T-shirt material or something, although mm-hmm. it'll work with like a towel or something. Get it pretty wet, and then get yourself uh, some joint compound or some spackle, and kind of rub it on there, like rub it on the cloth like a paste. And if you swirl that over the uh, pencil, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed what that does. It, it more or less takes it off and then when it comes off then you just get yourself you know wet the rag again wipe it off and you're pretty much ready to rock so i i know it works alan but i wasn't sure why it works and as the chemist i thought
2: maybe you'd want (laughs) to
1: and then we've got several other hacks that we're going to discuss too and and if you've got hacks that are unusual like that, we want you to get in on the discussion. Man, give
2: us a See if call. you can make a band name out of that. Although I think Spackle Hack also sounds like a German name. <laughs> it sounds like a Norwegian Hair spackle spackle metal Hack. band.
1: So, yeah. Okay, Alan, so that that one works. I, I can attest to it. I've done it many mm-hmm. times. So so why well, does that work, uh, Well, though? the
0: easiest thing is is that's about a thousand-rate grit sandpaper.
1: So that's what it is. It, it's it, the it's texture the of the It's the very tiny, spackle. tiny
0: little particles mm-hmm. suspended in the... Spack, well, now, the difference between spackle and joint compound.
1: Uh, Actually, because I just use them all right, synonymously, well, but, but you're yeah, saying they, that's they not different. They are hard.
0: very different. They're in, when you get into wall compounds, uh, I wouldn't do this with my 20-minute rated. You're going oh, yeah. to wind up with a lump on the wall. That's a, that's, but like that's y- a good like Your point. regular good old-fashioned pre-mixed wall mud is a very, 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 very fine particle, and when you start rubbing on it, Basically, you're emery boarding it off hmm. in a very light, very delicate way. Now in the spackles, you also have the chemical nature of it because it's designed to keep it from setting up in the can.
1: And right. that chemical okay.
0: nature, now you're getting into kind of solvents.
1: Because it does dry kind of <clears throat> slow. Yeah. Although the film dries pretty fast, right. but that'll come right off with a cloth.
0: So. Right. Then you just wipe that down. So yeah. you're
1: saying the abrasive nature of it, because mm-hmm. it, it felt to me like the chemical was dissolving it, but you're... No. Well... It-
0: Again, if there is a solvent in it that keeps the spackle from setting up in the can, right. it will also help get rid of other related chemicals.
1: Right. Okay. And so, I think the, the the key with this, though, Alan, is you got to wet the rag pretty well. Yeah. You,
0: you're basically a using it as, an adhi- as a uh, abrasive.
1: Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it reminds me of like a paste, like you would like you would use a, a, a kind of a paste wax or some uh, something for clean. You know, but you can
0: also pull that exact same stunt with a tiny little bit of toothpaste. Mm, oh, well, there's also that, a so. micro uh, abrasive. OK,
1: well, Alan, this sparked OK that my little hack sparked <laughs> the whole thing. And you had some. So we're going to kind of go back and forth. I've got a few. You've got a few. And so I'm going to throw it to you now. You've got a you've got some pretty interesting ones. OK. So. of
0: All right. Everybody has done this at least once. Okay. You've got some kind of erasable board or something like that. And somebody writes on it in permanent marker.
1: Yeah, there, we have one here in the studio. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I think we're glaring at him. Yeah. Um, all right. So now you got the permanent marker on, and I don't care how much spray ammonia you put on it, this stuff ain't coming off. Right. All right. Here's your here's your hack. Get your dry erase marker, mark over the permanent ink. And the solvents in the dry erase marker will convert the permanent marker to dry erase. Now, that's interesting. And then you just wipe it off and get it all nice and clean. And that will work on other surfaces. I warn everybody, though, a dry erase marker is really powerful chemicals.
1: Uh, So what do you mean by that? Well, it
0: can bleach. So, you know, so be, I'm going to say be very judicious in how you use that hack. Uh, it works best on melanine and other erasable surfaces.
3: Okay, so, so if it's on cardboard
0: it. and stuff,
1: you're out of luck. I mean, that's it's, obvious. It's like it's a It's going to eat up
0: the cardboard, right? Right. right? Okay. And
1: and how long do you do it while it's wet? Like I'm picturing you scrub it on there. Uh, you and never
0: you... get it up. You never find it when it's wet. You walk in the next day and realize somebody scribbled no, no, on it.
1: The the dry erase. So you, you I'm saying. Yeah, you do it, it really do you... quickly.
0: You just dry erase dry, quick... erase, dry erase, dry erase, wait a couple of seconds, wipe it off, ready to go.
1: Okay, isn't that something? So it it works as a solvent of itself. Yes. Okay, speaking of working as a solvent of yourself. Alan, I always, you know, I'm a woodworker, so stain is my, you know, I have stain in my veins basically. <laughs> so, um one thing that 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 I discovered and this is this is true with latex and uh oil-based, probably more <laughs> so with oil-based, but um oil uh, a stain has solvent properties to it. So mm-hmm. you might be uh, you might have a piece of wood or something with a splotchiness or maybe maybe the last coat of stain you you put on there had some splotchiness right. well it's interesting because now this I'm, I'm really hesitant to give this tip it's not a tip because it can go really badly wrong <laughs> but let's just say stain used judicious judiciously will it'll be a, it, it's a solvent to itself if, that's, yes. if that makes sense so, well you got to yeah.
0: wipe it on and wipe it off pretty quickly
1: right right, right. yeah so like i've had situations where i've um we're, more so with latex stain, where I put some stain on and it's darker than I want it to be. Right. So count it, what might seem counterintuitively, people, you know, if I want to get rid of that, I soak the rag in more stain and wipe it on, and it actually dissolves it.
0: And wipe it, and, and then wipe off the excess as fast as possible. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that would work, but it it, it does. It's it's a very interesting. Well, it,
0: because it carries its own solvent in it to right. keep it from setting up in the can. Mm-hmm. That's why it works.
1: Um, while we're talking about that, I want to, I've given this tip out before, but this is true. Uh, so this has to do with, um, stain. This is, this is trying to, I'm going to call this the wet rag stain accelerant hack. Okay. Okay. Let's, and, and I've talked, I've talked about this before. I'll be using a stain and it's just not penetrate. It's not like maybe a darker stain and it's just not getting as dark as I want it to do. Okay. well. Okay. I put a coat of stain on and what I do is I let it dry. Then I take a wet rag wipe it right across that that surface uh let it sit for you know 15 seconds and then wipe it off and what I've and then I put the stain on and what happens is I've just raised all those fibers I've yep. opened it up and suddenly you put the stain on and now it gets really dark so
0: it's uh it gets done in there good
1: Yeah it's yep. like you know you can bend the the stain and the wood to your to your uh, needs and stuff so that's just another little stain hack but mm-hmm. Alan you had one To do with a a food source that I thought was fascinating. Do you remember the uh, table? uh, Anyway, I don't know that. We're not recommending this one. This is like what you do in a pinch maybe. Well, okay.
0: uh, keep keep in mind that, you know, you're looking when you're trying to restore wood. Mm -hmm. And I've done this a few times just to kind of help soften things up a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I I was trying to restore it was actually an antique sycamore buffet okay and this stuff was just brittle and hard and the wood hadn't been done anything in forever yeah and an old buddy of mine looked at me and goes man you got an antique table you need an antique fix
1: okay
3: and I was
0: like what he's like I rub a little mayonnaise Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you put mayonnaise, and on and I kind of uh, went. All right, let me think
0: about this for a minute. All right, well, mayonnaise is mostly oil, so if you yeah. rubbed it on and, ru- and you know what, shockingly, horribly, it put a really nice finish on it. And it kind of softened things up and conditioned the wood just a little bit.
2: How do you get rid of the mayo smell?
0: Well, you just wipe it back down and keep going on with your sanding and working, but it did put it did slap a nice little shine on it real quick too. Does
2: cause. that attract the pets when you put food on your <laughs> like for staining and everything? Oh, like cats licking it up.
0: Your dog will love you. Yeah, yeah, they'll be working on it for a well, while. Well,
1: you've seen this uh, if you put if you have mayonnaise on a knife and it sits in the sink too long, it it's basically a transparent coat, right? Right,
0: it turns back into an right. oil, right? So has, it's kind of an oil rub, but this you know.
2: has nothing to do with anything. But I'm reminded of an episode of Parks and Rec where a woman came complaining to Ron Swanson, and they were like, "I'm a, I went to one of your parks and I found a sandwich, and I was wondering why it didn't have mayonnaise." <laughs> Max wow, has, Max always likes to derail.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Max. So okay, uh, but but it, it, I have to wonder if in, in in days gone by, if eggs and uh, that might have played a role in in as a polyurethane or something. I mean, look at the sheen that it gives you and look at the...
2: I mean, I've heard of like Leonardo da Vinci or painters back in the Renaissance using eggs as a part of their paint. Yeah, like sure. they eggs took in everything,
1: man. They took berries. They took things to to use as ground dirt pigment. Uh, yeah. They use urine just... for
2: bleach. Yeah, okay. yeah. thanks, yeah. Max. Well, so, happy breakfast. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> but but uh, mayonnaise. So, so if, if you're in a pinch and you don't happen to have any polyurethane, the guests are on their way and you have this dull spot on you, your table. You got whip the seconds, mayonnaise. So you
0: can sh- okay. get a little little, little oil. Yeah.
1: Okay. This one is interesting. This is another thing that that you had uh, to do with getting. Um, what is this to get? This is to get scratches or stains oh, out of stains glassware? stains out of
0: glass. Well, wow. no. this
1: one was cool, I thought. I,
0: I remember the very first time I saw this trick, it was done with a coffee pot. Okay. It had coffee stains in the bottom of it, you know, just from making too sure. many pots in a row. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys I was working with said, you know, give me the sugar and some ice cubes.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh? Give me some sugar and some ice cubes. Okay. So he dumps the sugar in the dirty pot, throws a handful of ice cubes in it. And just starts swirling it around as fast as he can, and after about a minute, he rinses it all out, and stains are gone.
1: Now that's brilliant. I—it's I, just now using, you told me what happened. I mean, you explained it to me, but let's explain. Yeah, it to it's the just listeners. the sugar
0: what? makes a really good abrasive. Sure, it's a soft micro abrasive. And if it's something you can't get your hands down into, Mm -hmm. uh, a little sugar or a little salt and some broken up ice cubes, and you can give it a good, you know, give it a good uh, agitation for a minute or two, and it shockingly will remove... A lot of stains and buildup. I mean... And it's easy to wash out, so you don't have to worry about leaving a chemical or something Yeah, in I mean, if there's
1: a little sugar residue in the... Who cares? Eh, it's you rinse, edible. You
0: rinse it out good, and right. you're not worried about it. Yeah,
1: instead of using... Like, I don't even know what you'd use, like a, a bleach or something. I mean... Well, it, and so it keeps you from using those harsh chemicals. It right?
0: does. And you are not worry about trapping your hand in there or anything like that. And... It's one of those things that just it shockingly works and you have in your mind just goes, I don't buy it, but I'm going to do it.
1: Okay, real quick, because I want to make sure I get this right. Does it do you add any water at all? No, is it just strictly so the swirling ice probably starts to it's just the white.
0: Exactly. The agitation will get a little bit of water started, but the ice is there basically to add the weight. Okay. they're they're the sanding block and you're using sugar or salt. To do that. I don't usually use the salt because it has a tendency to stick to the ice. Right. But uh, either one will work, sugar or salt. Well, there you go, folks.
1: How about that? Isn't that interesting? I mean, there's all – and I'm sure there's all sorts of, uh, you know um, – good old fashioned uh you know hacks like this that people know about oh, don't so if even you've get got me, one,
0: oh don't even get me started on wd40 oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got about 300 hacks for that
1: all right well if you want to weigh in uh yeah. you can reach us at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline 901-683-0989 and you know you can always send pictures of these hacks as well yes uh, and and you know get over to tool talk radio and and communicate there i forgot to mention Alan, the other reason to get to tool talk radio is because we, the cameras are on so if people want to uh, if people want to see what it looks like, go over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and the cam- and you can see what it looks like here in the studio. Max conveniently turned his camera off.
3: <laughs> he has this, you know,
1: he's he's kind of like the Wilson of our show. The, he the, o-
0: the only young, good-looking guy in the room, and he turns off his no,
1: camera. No, Agent 732 is the Wilson of the show. Uh, that's a good point. So, All right. Hey, uh, Alan, let me shift gears real quick because uh, I want to discuss our good buddy Larry Brown with mm-hmm. Brown Refrigeration. Uh boy you talk about a great business. What I you know I'm really proud to be associated with Brown Refrigeration. I can't I don't know if he's proud to be associated with us but uh he I seems to hope be. So. Okay, but uh, man, uh, we we had him in recently, and he he dropped what I thought was a was a bomb when he told us that some of these new systems, they're you know they're constantly innovating with yes. uh, train uh, systems, and these new uh, for for lack of a better word, they're almost like a hybrid uh, HVAC system. It's a heating system that runs on gas, but also electrical coils, right. which is a, uh, depending on the temperature, it it makes it much more efficient. And suddenly, you can get a pretty hefty federal tax credit for installing one yes. of these. I, that caught my attention because I need one of those. Money anyway. is money. Yeah. Yes, it is. And so, uh, Brown Refrigeration <clears throat> is always dealing with state-of-the-art uh, technology with their train systems. They um they they have a great business culture. That's the thing. You need a rock-solid company, especially when it's your HVAC system. You don't want somebody to come in you know, uh, tweak your system and then they're gone. You don't want Chuck in his truck working on this. Sorry, Chuck. No offense. But uh, you want a company that is reliable. You want to have a relationship with your company because they are going to be out there maybe once or twice a year tuning up your system, looking for problems, uh, kind of helping you keep it running efficiently and also constantly innovating with the latest technology, the Remy Halo system. Uh, just great people over there and top-notch te- uh, technology and just yeah, just fun too like we said call is call Mrs. Brown when you get over there mm-hmm. and she'll uh, she she's on location and she will uh, help you through the whole process uh, you can call them directly at 901-362-1881 and go to their very easy to remember website brownref.com and also get over to their uh, Facebook page now what we Indeed. need to do is start uh, linking the video to their to their facebook page mm-hmm. too you think i don't know maybe they don't want to do that but uh <laughs> hey folks yeah it's it, it's going to be an interesting uh it's going to be an interesting show today alan i really like these hacks that we that we discuss and we hope people chime in and send us their hacks oh yeah hacks,
0: we need so. some more hacks
1: okay all right alan hey we're going to take a quick break and then uh, i shudder to, to to dive into this but we're going to get into alan's week in review
0: mhm Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. You're
3: making a plan while I'm being a man just winging it.
0: News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I mean, that's how we get
1: our show prep done around here. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I know, it's so sad. <laughs> and keep it in song, too, just to make things happy. <laughs> uh, and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. <clears throat> I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com. Our pal Max over there behind the glass. It's just an course, Aquabat time of day. Well, and of course, the MC Bat Commander on uh, in that latest rejoinder. So what a great show that is. Folks, if you've got kids oh. or if you're just like wacky, zany comedy the aquabats jump on youtube and watch the aquabats oh. you'll thank me later it's the well, modern
2: day equivalent of the monkeys because it's like a tv show about a fake band but it, they're actually real it is the the lead singer the mc bat
1: commander one of one of the one of the best so don't roll your eyes at me alan oh. um
0: i can't roll them hard enough
1: if you want to call oh. in and talk about the aquabats you can get oh. in touch with us at, <laughs> at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline at 901-683 And we invite you to go to two Facebook pages this morning, go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the action over there, uh, including our must have item of the week and including uh, the um, great moments in building history that we're going to be discussing uh, later. Also, um, uh, go over to the News Talk 98.9 The Roar uh, Facebook page, and the cameras are on, so you can watch the show, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, watch and listen at the same time. So, uh, Max, you said uh, during the break we had a caller, but he had to clock in and get to work, so
2: he... That's dedication, though, man. Um, uh, They call us right before they have to clock in, but they also texted us a man by the name of Larry, and they offered their own hack. They said, wet towel and microwave for three minutes. Remove wrap with tongs. It's hot. Wipes clean, rehydrates everything in the microwave. And Alan, you said you actually knew about this hack.
0: I do. I have done that. Uh, gosh, probably a thousand times over the years. Of to clean a dirty.
1: So there's spaghetti sauce right, yeah, and everything yeah, baked yeah, on s- on the side. You know, and, yeah. stuff
0: happens in the microwave. It pops and spits, and right, uh, you wind up with little dried bits here and there. Uh, put a, a good wet towel in there, fire that baby up for a couple of minutes. It will produce plenty of steam. And then you can take, this is where people forget. Don't reach in there and grab that towel. That thing is hot. It's like boiling Oh, hot. that
1: thing. Yeah. It'll be reach scalding. in there with a
0: pair of tongs, take it out, use a new towel and wipe down the inside of your microwave and it will be nice, fresh, clean and ready to go. Okay. But be careful. Watch, watch for heat. I know, uh, Everybody goes well. You turned it off, so the microwaves are gone. That's true, but steam has still heated things up. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think we know that. So, hey, uh, Larry, thanks for uh, thanks for weighing in. And uh, yeah, we we wanted to talk to him on Mm -hmm. the air, but I guess you know when you call in thirty seconds before you got to clock in. So, all right, Alan, I I really shudder to dive into this, (laughs) but uh, let's do it, sir. So.
2: (laughs) Humanity.
1: Yeah. Alan's week in review where we review basically you never know what Alan Gilbert mm. might do from week to week and uh we, we mine that gold. I hope this is gold. Sometimes it's uh, you know I don't know. Uh, it depends on how you sewage, how you look but... at
0: it, but you said mining. I okay. kinda like how you put that. Yeah. Of well this week, two of the biggest projects that actually have a common theme to them was one, I got to build a hummingbird garden.
1: All right, that sounds nice. What 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 What's involved with a hummingbird
3: Well, uh, This
0: was uh, for a business that has a large tree kind of in a corner mm-hmm. and a huge, ugly dead spot under it. Uh, so okay. nothing's gonna grow there. It's up again, you know, it's trying to compete with it's the tree. The shade, it's roots, in the shade. Everything. It's just okay. not gonna happen. Yeah. So we went in and put in some uh some really nice, uh, really big potted ferns. Right. Uh put up a couple of hummingbird uh feeding stations. And put a, a nice little bird bath right there in the center. Mulched everything in, got it all looking nice and swanky. Mm-hmm. And that's when we noticed there's a slight problem.
3: Of course. And I'll yeah.
0: come back to that in a moment. Okay. Because, put a pin in that one. Because job number two of well, another facility had a lot of uh, really big planters out in front of it, and again in the shade, lots of tree coverage. But it's it should be a beautiful walkway, and okay. it just you know looked weedy. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, with the ferns, because it's you know kind of a shady area, we went in and cleaned up all the pots and re remounted and replanted everything, and put in some beautiful for those who like uh, Kimberly sword ferns. They're just absolutely beautiful. And they grow nice and tall.
2: Who's Kimberly and why does she have such a cool sword? Yeah. And I mean that's a cool name for
0: us. A, it's a, a Kimberly plant. sword fern and they're from Australia, New Zealand.
2: Leave it to Australia. And they
0: got the cool stuff.
2: They do have cool. I mean uh, But everything but can kill you.
0: Well, you know, even the ferns are after
1: you. Kimberly a, sword fern. hmm Pretty neat. Okay.
0: And they are quite lovely and they do sell them at your local big box store except for one of them that I bought all of them at yesterday.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go to the one Alan cleaned <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. So. Right. Okay.
0: So, the like, guy kind of got cleaned out yesterday. But we got all of this done, and, amazingly, the second facility, I discovered the exact same issue. Well, and it's that is seasonal,
1: right, Alan? So, I mean. Well,
0: it's not so much seasonal as it is, I'm going to say, decorative. Okay. So, at both facilities, they had little drains. And I've noticed this uh, working on a house not too far from either one of these facilities. Of They also had a French drain system up around the house to help keep water off the
1: house. Yeah, I wondered when we were going to hear about French drains. Because yeah, uh, so far I've heard about hummingbirds and uh, Kimberly, Kimberly
0: sword, sword ferns. ferns but, yeah, okay. but both of the big facilities have drainage systems. And the house I worked at this week had a full French drain system. Okay. And all three of them had made the same horrible mistake. Yeah. They got cutesy and decorated or hid their drains. <laughs> so here's the, the cute little uh, I know where you're going with lawn this. sculpture with the holes in the bottom of it that's supposed to keep the debris out of your drain. And all those really do is make the debris pile
1: bigger that's where the that's where the the dam is created they, so, you know. they
0: my gosh Hoover right. couldn't have done it better right uh, and I mean these look one of them actually looked a lot like a small beaver dam oh, There yeah. was so much stuff down over the cute little decoration that was supposed <laughs> to be hiding the big ugly drain. And it, it really looked like a small wood city, you know. It looked like the Gnome city had been washed away and was now tragically over the drain.
1: Let me make sure I understand, Alan. You're saying, because, okay, the teaser here was French drains require maintenance. They do. Because, I mean, things, especially like with pine needles or something, they Branches, wash down. Branches, leaves. They collect on the, right. on the French drain, which, you know, folks, if you don't know what a French drain is, it's basically a underground uh, pipe and with usually like a vent on the top and it
0: right so it, the water, the water can goes escape. under right.
1: instead of over but um thing about it is like i said if it clogs up it's suddenly useless so and, but, but you're saying people decorate these. I don't get what you're talking about with that. So, uh, well you're saying they just leave it alone?
0: Well, well they kind of h- try to hide it or make it part of the yard decoration. So they got, in this case, it was a big frog. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Okay. <laughs> so nature was a... Uh...
0: So, well, no, it wasn't a real frog. It was a concrete frog. And they had kind of put little stones under him. So he sat just above the French drain. But it was a very small gap. So it filled up with all the branches and the leaves, and they had just basically narrowed the ability of the drain to get the water out of there.
1: So don't be ashamed of your French drains. Exactly. You know, let them breathe, (laughs) let let them be seen. Yeah. Otherwise, they need yeah. a lot
2: of care, like actual French people.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all
1: right.
2: and all our French listeners can, uh, can yeah. yes,
0: and, and please send your complaints to care of Max. So they're high maintenance, like the
1: French. So, yeah, we okay. gotta, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there we go. All right, no, but um, that's so, I mean, it seems like a simple point, but suddenly, if you don't, I mean, it you just made it useless. If it's well, blocked, it's doing especially nothing, especially
0: this time of year because right. we still have. Because of last December, mm-hmm. we're still getting an amazing amount of deadfall out of the trees, yeah. so, and that was kind of what struck me because, you know, you think December was months and months and months ago. Winter's over. We're into May. It's gonna be June soon. No, seriously, we still have a lot of small branches that were killed back when we got that that big heavy, oh yeah, uh, winter blast last December. Well, a lot of that is still rotting off and breaking off and falling down, and a lot of it isn't big. A lot of it's, yeah. That's know,
1: the stuff that makes it when it's small. That, yeah. And
0: that's the stuff that blocks up these drains. And as you and I have said about a million times, water is your enemy.
1: With uh, with that situation, yeah. Yeah, because
0: so, it's w- looking at where the water line got yester- the day before yesterday or mm-hmm. yesterday, depending upon where, who got hit with what rain. Uh, one of them the water actually got all the way up to the door.
1: you know you're making me think of something Alan because uh, it seems to me when um, you know we get we get all different types of rain but this time of year we seem to get those random torrential rains that you know and this seem, yeah. it, it seems to me that if you've got issues with draining in your yard now don't go out and get struck by lightning but instead of just hunkering in, maybe get to the window, Get lots of photo evidence, get some video, and really just dis- and really analyze where all this water's going, mm-hmm. where it's where it's pooling up, and then use that for your French drain design. Because I think sometimes these things are also placed in the wrong location, or okay. they're you know you have to think strategically. Like is it pl- like I'm I'm just thinking you you were talking about uh, clogging it up, man. We've got all those little I don't even know what they're called, but in our driveway we've got all those little thin. Polleny type stringy oh, messy those are the, things that get all over your car and yeah, everything. Yeah, that, that
0: is your tree's pollination system.
1: Yeah, which that'll clog oh, it up. Oh, those then. things will
0: block you up for weeks. Yeah. yeah.
1: So use that. Use the, you know, next time we get one of these heavy rains, use it as a way to, to kind of gauge where, where everything should go well, and make sure your French drains are properly placed.
0: So. Well, and it's not just the French drains, it's not a bad idea to go walk around and look at the bottom of your boxwood fence. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, because that can
1: create a a barrier. I I run
0: into where the uh, subdivision developer had this cute idea to drain the houses down the side of the houses. Right. So the backyard is sloped in such a way that water should flow out from between the houses, right? Sure. Well, in come the people moving in, and they got a dog, and up goes the boxwood fence. And if the... Whoever put the fence in installed it too close to the ground. Now the water can't get under it, and you're going to pond your backyard.
1: And a lot of people would say, uh, "Wait a minute! Now the, there's spaces in between the the fence boards.
0: Yeah, the, when it one rains, leaf, one leaf is all that. Well, takes. it's not only that,
1: yeah. uh, Alan. When the when the you know the you talk about a wood that expands and contracts, yep. man. When that thing swells up, it it
0: Barrel it, tight.
1: It's almost watertight. Yeah. Yes. And so, man, it will. It will definitely. And then the grass and everything kind of creates like a little seal for it. Yeah. So, and
0: uh, one I, for one client, I mean, it was as simple as kind of just digging a little six-inch hole in the corner and putting a little pea gravel in it, so the water could, you know flow to the corner and escape and get to the other side
1: yeah all right well you got the problem you got the problem solved
3: right we did we
0: did so it was it was a a happy ending but it's a cautionary tale of cute doesn't always drain
3: yeah
1: <laughs> okay, good. Uh, very well put, sir. So,
0: all right. Well, it wasn't. It was one
1: of my, one of your more horrifying stories. At least there was a solution. It, well, so, it I mean, could
0: have been because just a little bit more of rain and you could have had a flooded house.
1: Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. So, hey, Alan, uh, I'd like to hear about our new sponsor. And we should remind people, you know, oh um, yes, our, our we're lovely... actually kind of running out of space. So if you if you want to get mm. involved with Tool Talk Radio, definitely get in touch with us. Uh, so, we but... only
0: have a couple of more of the coveted sponsorship spots still left available.
3: A few, uh, but yeah. So
0: and our, our lovely camera system that you can see us on on Facebook right now uh, is brought to you by the Royal Retreat. And the Royal Retreat is an assisted living facility over at 6551-9 Arnold Road. And you know, this I haven't taken you over there yet. You, I've yeah, I've got to get you there. This the... is absolutely beautiful. Yep. Uh freshly painted, newly renovated, accepting new residents. And they they made it the, the they gave me the greatest line ever to talk about this, why you know, when it's when it's time to need assisted living, they said, you know what, it's you've worked really hard your whole life, you've done everything for everybody else. Right. Come and get pampered. That's <laughs> what you know. So that's the tagline. I'm kinda okay, liking so, yeah. that. I'm All kinda right. liking that. So uh, if you have this type of need in your in your family and in your life. Uh, you can get in touch with Lana Candela, and again, it's the Royal Retreat, and they are at 901-360-8785, and I'm going to pause for a few seconds and repeat that number so somebody can grab a pen. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you're like me, you're looking for a pen, you're clicking it to see if it writes. So again, 901 901- 360 Three six zero
1: eight seven eight five. Okay, yeah, very cool. And I did. I'm sorry, I failed to mention that that it is the Royal Retreat Studio Cam that is being activated now. And if you want to see, you know, see what it looks like in here. <laughs> Although, Alan, uh, I think in the background they can see they can see the studio. We, we you know, we can't oh. stand behind the uh, beauty of the. Uh, on-air personalities however the studio is beautiful this place is state-of-the-art we
0: do have the faces for radio yeah
1: so all right alan i've got a little bit of a beef uh i don't know if this is a cool. beef we're going to turn the corner and i want to discuss my reciprocating saw ah. and maybe i <laughs> maybe i got carried away <laughs> but um folks if you followed um you know i was very late to the game in 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 bat battery powered tools which mm. i don't we you know I'm not going to keep harping on it, but my, my original beef... And now this, Alan, when I say original, I'm talking, you know, my seven or eight years ago uh, is is when I was really, you know, against battery power tools. You were tools. resistant. I was yes. resistant only because I just found it. whenever I would use them, they didn't have the torque that I wanted and mm-hmm. the, the battery petered out sooner than I wanted. And so I want you know, when I'm drilling, I want a, a real, you know, something that's got some power to it. So uh, I... Was resistant, however, it, it they've come a long way. Oh, and yes. about a year or so ago, I finally succumbed. And I bought, uh, man, I got a whole battery-powered uh, uh, tool system now. I've got drills. I've got, um, you know, saws and i bought one of the coolest tools ever which is a a battery-powered reciprocating saw oh yeah and man am i having fun with that thing folks if you don't know what it is (laughs) it's i mean some people refer to it as a sawzall although i think isn't that the brand that's Uh, a brand it's a it's kind of like kleenex is right. a brand but everybody calls it Kleenex or right. something. And it's like
0: Xerox, you you know Xerox me a copy or something. Or Q-tips. Like yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So if you but uh so folks if you don't know what a reciprocating saw is, it's almost like a t- it's a two-handed saw. Don't go using this oh, with one hand. Oh
0: no. They they now make a beautiful one-handed reciprocating saw. Well,
1: the one I have it is 2 hand- I don't want the people two-hander. I don't want anybody two-hander. Get, I don't want us getting sued, Alan. Right. So hold on with two hands with yes. this and uh depending on which blade you use, you can cut through PVC, you can cut through wood, you can cut through metal, you can cut Nails. through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the ultimate destructo. When you go in and, and somebody says, We need that wall and we need that, you know, that whole side of the house ripped out, you whip out the reciprocating saw.
0: Well and uh, case in point, okay. last night um on a job site, they were putting a lot of sheetrock up, and all around all of the door facings was an inch or two of drywall mm-hmm. hanging out all over the place. Right. And the the poor gentleman working the drywall was bemoaning the fact that he was going to be hand-cutting for hours, trying to trim out all of these doors and windows and everything. And you were and, chuckling
1: uh, to yourself. like.
3: Well, <laughs>
0: and and <laughs> yeah. somebody outed me and just went, Alan, go get your toy. Right, yeah. And so I walked back in with a nice little short, uh, multi-purpose blade, and... Ten minutes later, now admittedly we were all covered in sheep rock dust. Oh,
1: it's but, messy. Oh, yeah. it,
0: it wasn't clean, but I right. tell you what, those door facings looked beautiful. Okay. Fast and easy.
1: What I like about the reciprocating saw too, depending on which blade, you got to use mm-hmm. the correct blade, and, you do. and if you get a reciprocating saw. Don't be a cheapskate. Keep keep some extra blades oh, on hand. And buy they wear the good out.
0: ones. Don't buy the cheap ones.
1: Right. And, and really, the difference in price between a good one and a cheap one Couple is negligible. Yeah. So get and keep that handy because um, you're going to want to use the right thing. Because if you're doing something like what you're saying, Alan, I could see how you're going to catch the odd nail. That oh, yeah. You, but these things will cut right through that. Yep. So... Well, Alan, I think I reached the limit with what I could do with a reciprocating (laughs) saw, though, because— What did you do? Well, so I was—there was was a tree stump. (laughs) (laughs) So this one, I would say, is about, ai don't know, a foot in diameter or something, and it only had uh, about—it was like four inches left. And I and I and it was pretty. It was kind of old. It was more uh, uh, kind of decrepit, you could say. <laughs> and my thought was, okay. I was sitting there, you know, chopping at it. I don't. I didn't have an axe handy or anything. My thought was, okay. If I pull, if you folks, if you can imagine this, this reciprocating saw has an exposed blade. My thought was, I would pull it towards towards me. I would drag it across the top of the uh, stump, kind of crisscross style, like. Cut down four inches, <laughs> and then once I've got it kind of, kind of, uh, you know, scribed, you could say, then just get the sledgehammer and just whack it out of there, and just bust mm. out those. You know? I
0: I know exactly how you broke it now. Yeah, because you broke it.
1: Well, apparently there was more spunk in this tree stump than I thought. There was, I think, there was a lot of moisture down in there. Yes, and yes it there probably was. swelled and whatever. But anyway, I got about halfway through. I was really excited about how well it was working until it didn't. And uh, Alan, the thing is, though, what broke was there. So, folks, you basically, if you can picture this, you 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 put the blade in. There's a little release lever, and mm. then you snap it in place. Well, there was this th- this connection point, Alan, and I want to say. It was basically, I don't know, maybe a quarter of an inch or three qu- three eighths of an inch wide, yeah. uh, and that's it, holding all of that stress, holding yes. all of that. Well, that didn't seem like it was up for the job. So, <laughs> well, not is you that a design doing. flaw? <laughs> At least maybe on my brand, but well, uh, they're not
0: designed to be pulled the way you were pulling them. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, all right, and the, also,
0: what blade did you have on it?
1: I had the destructo wood blade. I had the big. Well, okay. I had the twelve inch.
0: Did you had the shrubbery the blade? Tree, yeah. All right. You had the shrubbery blade. Right. all right You had the right blade. Uh. But what you should have done was just lay that baby over and just cross cut straight across it. You don't. You don't pull. You don't put torque. On the blade.
1: Well, then I had to get down at the ground. I, I, gr- I, I tried that. I tried getting under it. And uh, I think the big issue for me, though, what I was guilty of is it looked like just this dried up old tree stump. Mm-mm. However, you no, probably was... get down a couple inches and it's soaked with water. A- and so.
0: what happened is because you were torquing it as you mm-hmm. were trying to do that angle, when you hit from the dry wood into the green wood, right? it seized it and when you pulled you snapped that little connector
1: yeah that's what it that's what i'm so i'm going to i'm going to get another one because oh, now yeah. you know i can't live without my uh, battery powered oh, reciprocating oh, no. so i'm just still amazed how much power they have mm-hmm. and and i will say this you know cuz i bought extra uh, batteries for the whole uh, you know for my whole tool set and man those things really hold a charge much longer oh, yes. than they do oh the I'm batteries
0: fully, are amazing
1: i'm fully converted and and, and and as long as we're doing confessions on the air i told you before uh that uh <laughs> old blue has, i haven't used old blue in yep. months it's just retired old old blue folks is my uh is my uh corded drill that uh, i used for 20 years that i that i swore i would never get rid of and everything right. i haven't gotten rid of it but it's sitting on a shelf in the garage so that's Sorry. all right it's... hang <laughs> on to it it still has
0: uses of yes. but i i got to tell you we with one of the houses we're working on we've been uh, replacing sheetrock And those of, you know, they got the regular battery, then they got a two-by battery and a four-by battery. Right. And I got the excuse to go buy myself a brand-new orbital sander. Okay. And I got news for you. A four-by battery and a brand-new orbital sander, you, you can totally wreck some mud.
1: You know. Oh, my
0: gosh. So fast, so
1: easy. It's funny you say that because I sort of had my eye on a cordless uh, belt sander because one of the things with the belt sander, I mean, I do have a pretty good belt sander. However, that cord gets in the way. It does. I, I usually have to, like, drape it over my shoulder so that it doesn't accidentally get snagged in the wood or something. So... I don't know. A cordless sander sounds. I'll let, spitty, I'll let man. you
0: borrow my orbital. It's man, it'll convert you quick.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious if anybody else is out there. Any old timers are stubborn, yeah. set in their ways. But Give us it, a
0: call. We want to talk about old tools. Yeah, absolutely.
1: If, if you're if you're one of those people that you just you know, trust me, I was as resistant to this as I could be, but I'm you know,
0: trust I've me, come Joe around. and I are both curmudgeons. We can't wait.
1: Yeah, get in touch. The Big M (laughs) Roofing and Remodeling Hotline, 901-683-0989. And go to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, check it out over there. Hey, Alan, real quick, can you give a shout-out? You said there's some listeners from new countries that are listening to us. Well,
0: hello, Italy.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know any... Inte- okay, what is Yeah, the- don't
0: even try it. Okay. Don't even try it. Uh, let's ju- let's I've been just- to
1: Italy, though. Beautiful country. Yeah, let's, Fun let's, people, too. Uh,
0: let's just yeah. say popping over to tooltalkradio.com and going to visit us at either of Spotify or the lovely world of YouTube podcasting, and yep. we are heard around the world. All right. Uh,
1: welcome, uh, Italy. Well, Alan, uh, to, uh, Hour 1 of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but Hour 2 is coming up, and this is going to be very interesting. We're going to talk about the world's biggest uh, uh, mother statue. Mm-hmm.
0: News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome
1: to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkoMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M roofing and remodeling hotline at 901-683-0989. And as an added bonus, Alan, they can watch the show today on the uh, Royal Retreat Studio Cam.
2: I don't know they, if they want to. Uh well,
1: you know, it's it's pretty nifty technology. If you wanna if you want to see what the show looks like as we're as we're doing it. Especially um,
2: on this World Migratory Bird Day. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We're celebrating World Migratory Bird Day. And boy, we're celebrating in style. Alan's gonna be serving about fifteen <laughs> <laughs> different kinds of uh, birds uh, at the barbecue later, right? Yeah. Uh, Just well. hope you don't
2: get bird flu.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check it out. Go to the News Talk 989 The Roar um, Facebook page, and that's where you will find the Royal Retreat Studio Cam in full force. And uh, the studio does look great, Alan. I mean, it does. It, it, the, the little bit they can see of it, trust us, folks, it is state of the art and awesome. So uh, check that out. And then, of course, get over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, Give us a like and see the post that we've made over there, including our um, must-have item of the week and our great moments in building history, which we'll be uh, getting to momentarily. Uh, earlier in the show, if you were just, if you're just tuning in, we had a, a few really interesting hacks that we were sharing. And um, uh, Larry, one of our listeners, weighed in with his hack. But uh, these were along the lines of using, you know, spackle or stain mm-hmm. as a as an actual solvent or your, your hack of using mayonnaise as a polyurethane, Alan. <laughs> Larry had a great one about, you know, an easy way to clean a microwave with, yeah. a, with a wet cloth. If you've still got any um, hacks, we definitely want to uh, we definitely want to yeah, hear nice. from you. So get in touch. You can uh, text those in or call or whatever you want to do. We'd love
0: to hear if, from you.
1: Um before we do, uh, before uh, I'm really looking forward to our great moments in building history, Alan. We're going to get to that in a minute. Before we do that, though, I want to just remind people: if you've got any roofing needs, let's just talk about the exterior protection of your home from top to bottom. Oh, yes, roofing, gutters, siding, windows. Uh, what did I miss, Alan? I mean, that is. That's the ah, armor plating of your home it right is. there. So, And you need a competent, uh, especially with the roof, you need a competent uh, contractor and somebody that's reliable, great business culture, and somebody that's going to be there to stand behind their work. And that, of course, is our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. Um, man, what a cool guy. Uh, he's due for another visit here shortly. Oh, yes. So. But uh, it, it, roofing is, I don't know if there's anything more important. If you without a roof, uh, you know, without a roofing system as well. I mean, you you're. Well,
0: yesterday was you, a great example. I uh, pouring down rain and I sat there and smiled, looking at my new roof oh, and new yeah. gutters.
1: Alan and I both have uh, have roofs from uh, Big M Roofing, and the the great thing is Jay, in addition to being five stars with the Better Business Bureau, uh, a GAF Master Elite Installer. Uh, five stars with good housekeeping. He's also a former insurance agent. So let's suppose uh, you're out there and you've just had some damage from this storm, or you you've got some issues that may be covered by your homeowners insurance. Well, that's not just a simple process of picking up the phone and calling your homeowners insurance and uh, working the problem out. It, it, the first call you need to make is to Jay Hill because he will he 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 knows the protocols. He knows you know the process and his consultation is free so you get jay over there you look over the situation he'll probably have one of his uh you know one of his team there mm-hmm. getting they get up it's interesting now they get up on the roof with their chalk and they mark off the problematic oh, yeah. areas and they photograph it all and uh at the end of the visit you're going to know if you have a path forward or if you don't but either way you're going to have accurate information. and You'll know how to proceed. So uh, and that works for the uh, gutters as well as the siding and the windows as well. So from top to bottom, he takes care of the uh, exterior protection of your home. And also he has got a, a great financing uh, system over there with 30 lenders. So if you decide you want to finance, that's not a problem. You The application takes less than two minutes, which it's always hilarious to me. You pull it up, boom, 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 boom. You get all these uh lenders that want to give you their money mm-hmm. and uh you you select the terms that work best for you. So Jay is just a very dynamic personality. He this is what he lives for. This is it I is. mean, this is what he does twenty-four hours a day. So uh, he's all about it. So get in touch with Jay. You can call him anytime. I always recommend calling him about three in the morning just for kicks
2: <laughs> and talking uh, about Star Wars. And yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> call him at nine zero one four eight four five six four five or go to Remodeling dot com. All right, Max, hit it, man.
2: And now, great moments in building history.
1: Uh, one other thing, you may want to, uh, if you, if anybody has any information about who that mysterious voice is, mm. by all means, call. We, all we know is one day we arrived at the studio yeah. and that, that uh, MP3 file was in there. It sounded good. Mm. We decided to use it, but nobody took credit for it, Max. He's so. probably
2: buried inside the statue we're talking about today. Probably. Yeah. so. He probably uh, Alan, should
0: be anyway.
2: I feel like I have to say
1: this out front uh, just because, you know, um, if I, I, let's just say this, Alan, I yield to no one in my love for Mm. for America. Everybody knows how, you know, patriotic I I am. And uh, so let's just get that out of the way right now. However, today, We're going to talk about really one of the coolest statues. Building this is a a structure, and this has actually got kind of a complicated history because this is a structure. It's it's a it's a it's the biggest. It's technically right now the biggest female statue you could say. There's some other statues we might cover in the future that kind of dwarf this. Now, however, um, this is a the biggest statue of a female character you could say, and it's called. Motherland Calls, and it's in uh, Volga... How do you pronounce it? Volgograd, uh, Russia? Yes. And um, it commemorates the Battle of Stalingrad, which at the moment, with you know, they were our... The, Russia was our allies back in the day. You mm-hmm. know, I know we've had our mm-hmm. issues, and I know we still do, but uh, we're talking about building here, folks, so let's just focus on that. But, Alan, this has got to be one of the coolest statues. I, I would... It would be impressive to see this in person, but we're talking... 8,000 tons of... This is a concrete statue, which basically means it is a, a metal frame-ish type thing. Mm-hmm. 8,000 tons. And this thing is 279 feet tall. What's most impressive, folks, though, is this... Uh, you really need to go to our Facebook page if you're not familiar with the statue. This is a woman with arms outstretched and in her... Is it her right hand? She is holding a sword that is mm. over 100 feet tall. Yes, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, you're the architect. You've been given yeah. this this task. Have fun. Go out and build this. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Alan. What well, a, what an impressive structure.
0: And I'm immediately going to tie something crazy like this back to home improvement. Okay, because if you're whining about getting six bags of mulch to the backyard
1: <laughs> in your wheelbarrow, keep barrel, in yeah.
0: mind the absolute devotion these type of things require
1: i mean alan it's a concrete- now this one's
0: fairly yeah. more modern this is 1967 yeah a lot of the stuff we end up talking about was turn of the century and that type of thing so this one's at least got diesel power and trucks
1: right yeah that's true i mean so they could get it there but but what's interesting it looks like they constructed this we i i what What struck me immediately, Alan, is if you look at this, this looks like a big solid, you know, block of whatever. Well, it's mm. it's hollow and it's right. got chambers. And almost you could say it reminded me a lot of these um structures we're seeing with three d printers where they're they're using almost natural, uh they're they're using natural like almost like um okay we talked about uh, the honeycomb structure right. where it uses flexibility and all that so these are chambers that are very similar to what you would find in nature um to give it flexibility because you have to have flexibility with something this big and it's windy it's up at the top of an elevation yes it's fully exposed so it's windy it's cold i mean it's it's in russia it's getting Extreme temperatures yeah, and everything. It's pounded,
0: so. and it's basically pre-stressed concrete. Okay, I, yeah. I mean it is. It is honestly, you know, we keep talking about Legos. You yeah. know, we 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 admire we admire the lovely Lego Corporation so much. Of basically, this statue is a mannequin form
3: mm-hmm.
0: with concrete plates, right? Held in place with wire ropes. Um, Okay, they said wire ropes in
1: there, and I want to make sure I understand. You're, you know, I think of a wire rope as being very flexible. So, yes. Well, how, I mean, also, you need some flexibility, but not too much. I mean, exactly.
0: Yeah. This whole statue, uh, again, we've talked about how your house doesn't look like it moves. Oh, yeah. But you and I both know the house moves a lot. Right. Uh, The Eiffel Tower. Can change in height in a day six inches.
1: Well, they, yeah. You know, so they uh, said the sword can sway eight inches without batting an eye, you know, without
0: any problem. So, when you're building something like this and you're looking at this, you you know, you're having to overcome a lot of issues. And I would just have to say in 1967, they didn't have a supercomputer sitting around crunching the numbers trying to figure out the tensile strength of the wire ropes it was going to take to not break.
1: Well, here's the other thing, Alan. I'm glad you mentioned that because today what you would have, I'm sure you would have some sort of 3D rendering that would tell you the down to the millimeter exactly what size uh, plate you need to put by. Because mm-hmm. don't forget, it's not just that her arms are outstretched. She's got a flowing gown that's blowing right. in the wind and everything like that. And this is a piece of art, and if it doesn't look good, well, who cares how strong it is? It has to look, and it has to be scaled. The face has to be the correct size. Everything has to be scaled, and it just – it's very impressive how well they did that with – I mean, you know, you're saying it's still a modern structure, but I don't know. 1959 is still light years away from where we're at with technology today. like I said, a
0: supercomputer did not crunch these numbers. Some poor architect had to sit down with his – You know, with his literally still slide rule, pencil, and paper, and go, okay, this thing's going to be almost 300 feet tall. Right. It's going to have over 6,000 tons of concrete and over 2,600 tons of metal. Yeah. and The sword by itself, just that one long structure— that is cantilevered off her arm. So it's no other support. Right. It's just out there. That by itself is 14 tons.
1: Well, I was thinking about that because it's, uh, I was thinking of, a, okay, well, whatever is, hold, whatever they built her arm out of and her wrist right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you are just said it. It's holding, what, 14 tons in the wind. Yes. In, you know, extreme temperatures. I don't, that alone, I don't even know what. You would build that out of. That's uh well it it is like even steel, anything could fail. Well, it
0: it is, and it is actually a steel wrist. Mm -hmm. And there is actually an analogy to a real wrist in the way that the cables are tensioned coming from the base of the sword, providing the cantilevering action going back into the arm. Right. So the angle the sword is being held at is kind of like finding the zero point. On a wheelbarrow.
1: Okay. So, have you ever
0: ever picked up a wheelbarrow? Right. And it's really, really heavy, really, really heavy. And then you get what we like to call the zero points. You
1: lift it up to the right level and then it's all the weight
0: is down on the wheel and not on you. Okay. Right. So, uh, can you imagine trying to figure out the zero point between the arm and the sword? with the wind
1: and you know we keep talking about this is a piece of art and it you can't just have you can't just build this from the point of view of well structurally this is the strongest way to do it it has to be dramatic the way this i think why i'm so impressed is because this is a very dramatic piece of art and it does yes. it does you know it's called the motherland calls and it, it commemorates one of the bloodiest battles really in human history right and it's basically trying to drive your people to continue fighting and everything and it 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 does convey that in it's in the artistic portrayal so. just
2: for a more um, a deep dive it was commemoration for the Battle of Stalingrad and there is over a million casualties I mean over the of course that. of 200 yeah. days yeah and and I
1: mean it's 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 sort of shocking thinking of that so but uh the other thing Alan this is built on an elevation which is basically they built they buried the soldiers underneath this elevation so uh, yeah, it's it's basically a, a massive grave. But I OK, I'm talking structurally that's creating some issues because now we're going to talk about some of the issues that have that have emerged out of this because it's well, yeah. it's not like they built it and left it alone. And, uh, you know, really within about five years or something, issues started to. To come about, you know, based well, on all, right, all well, these Well, we're going to
0: start with the fact that we have a giant metal wind sail.
1: Yeah, that sword was an issue. So, uh, yeah.
0: I, I remember, uh, gosh, I'm old. I remember the BBC making fun of this thing back in, like, 1970
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because it was loud. Nobody really expected the statue to be
1: loud. Well, let me let me. Uh, I think okay. So, folks, too. The other thing is, I, I strongly encourage you to at least Google this. This is a really cool looking thing, but yep. it's out in the middle of this. Uh, it's really it's really exposed. It is out there in the middle of this elevation. Mm-hmm. It's very dramatic. Uh, however, it's really exposed to wind. And what they said here, there was a there was deformations in the design of the sword, uh, which called the sheet, which caused the sheets of titanium plating to to uh when it got windy to give this thundering metal sound like a ear splitting sound and i can imagine what that's like you're there and and this thing's open at night too yeah. so they it's lit up with uh you know spotlights yeah. and you hear that sound in the wind that's got to be kind of off putting so yeah it just uh Almost like, uh, I'm thinking of Thor or something with the lightning. But, um, yeah, they didn't like that. They wanted to that. Yeah, it was a little that, loud. So, so they, uh, they
0: have since.
1: So, I mean, re- that was only five years into this thing. Yes, so what did they do though? They did change it. They they've updated that.
0: So. Well, they took the plating off because mm-hmm. that was vibrating and creating a lot of it. Right. Of uh, it's now just stainless steel, not stainless steel and titanium. And they also put in windage holes. Right. So that it could dissipate some of that energy. Yeah, because so, when I saw yeah.
1: it, they 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 talked about how they've they've put some holes in there so that it the wind can pass through. Wherever they put them, though, they're not real obvious. Like, I mean, right. from the ground, you can't even see them. I don't right. Think well, it's so. kind
0: of like uh, putting in a ridge vent on your home.
1: Yeah. You don't see it. Right. But it's, it's, letting, it's not right. all that noticeable. Now,
0: here's another thing that ties this directly back to your house. Okay. And this is something people of, well, you're from Chicago. Let's pick on Chicago for a moment. All right. Of, and Florida, because both have a similar, all three of them have a similar issue. Groundwater.
1: Huh, that's well, next in my notes here, on I'm sitting there looking as, at, yeah. Yeah.
0: As you begin building these things, and let's say you're building a house, your house weighs tons. Mm-hmm. And we build a foundation and we spread it out to spread the weight out, but you're still pushing down. Right. So as a subdivision is built, it presses down and it has a tendency to change in minor ways how the groundwater moves.
1: Yeah, because you know we don't talk about this often enough, Alan. But under our feet, which you know are rivers of water—I mean, Lots underground water—we water, don't Lots know. Of water. And like you say, you get a, you get a whole neighborhood that wasn't there before pushing down. That could alter it. it you have a eight hundred ton statue <laughs> yes, right. or a eight thousand ton statue yeah. weighing down on a, on an area that you basically dug up too, right? That's going to change some underground water levels. It changes how
0: things move and flow. So, you know, there are unintended consequences that can show up years after somebody did something.
1: Sure. Yep.
0: Um, So in this one, um, of course, it has shifted the foundation a little bit. Or as we like to say, your house is settling.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, your
0: giant statue settled a little bit. And now... Of it's kind of settled into place. They're not worried about it falling over, but you still had to retention wire ropes. You still had to reallocate for these slight changes in the balance of the statue.
1: Okay. Well, Alan, let's fast forward a little because so 72, 1972, five years after the, the construction, they had to fix the sword. Uh, okay. Now, if you go to 2009, this is when they were noticing the issues with what you're talking about with the. They, it, it, apparently, an unnamed source, which is everything in Russia is going to be unnamed because right. they don't want to, you know. But uh, basically, they said the statue was listing by eight inches. Yes. Well, that's nothing to sneeze at because the other thing that was surprising to me is this thing is not anchored to the ground. It is sitting there, sits there. held up by its own weight. Yes. Okay. That <laughs> that seems a little <laughs> uh, risky to me. I, wouldn't you... Think this thing would be anchored in? I mean, at least put some beams, or uh, I I don't know. Just saying. But they so basically they had to under so that was one thing that they started uh, to notice, and and they this official was pretty concerned. They said if it tip, if it lists a little more, it could tip over. Right, but I think it's pretty solid now. It's solid, and then in two thousand seventeen, so they they addressed that in two thousand nine, and then in two thousand seventeen they did a full restoration. And uh, uh, you know, Alan, I remember as a kid. The, when they restored the uh when they were doing a restoration to the Statue of Liberty out the mm-hmm. scaffolding surrounding it and they they were kind of, you know, c- tuning it up, you could almost say. Yes. And they did the exact same kind of thing here because there was a lot of uh cracks, there was a lot of concrete that needed repair. And um so it's been it's pretty solid now. It seems like um uh it seems like it's not going anywhere. They finished so it took about three years. They started and um uh, they finished in 2020 uh yeah t- 2020 so but um i don't know man it it's still just one of the coolest structures like i said uh i still think it's a pretty massive achievement in terms of in terms of what it's conveying too i mm-hmm. mean
0: uh oh, it, it's it's striking um you know, as we we've already talked about another statue. We talked about poor uh, poor old Lucifer out there in Denver.
3: Oh yeah, and that is a <laughs> that very
0: striking, very striking sculpture. I mean, you 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 gonna if you drive by it, you're going to remember it.
1: Yeah, well, just like you remember Freddy Krueger or something yeah. well, like you that. You are uh, gonna yeah.
0: remember it. So,
1: but something about this one really spoke to me because when I, I I've seen pictures and uh, you know I don't know it's 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 just very. It's just a very amazing structure. So. And,
2: and I learned something kind of interesting about um uh, the the sculptors themselves. They said the Motherland Calls monument in Volvograd was modeled on a local Soviet woman named Valentina Izotova. And Valentina was working at a, as a waitress at a Volvograd restaurant when the local sculptor... Um, And two of his colleagues came in to dine at the restaurant, and I just think it's kind of interesting that they chose someone that was just sort of an ordinary person to be modeled for it.
1: That is interesting. I wonder if she was involved in the whole, uh, I mean, she was at ground zero of where this battle took place. So it is is neat when you learn the history. I mean, we didn't really even dive deep into the symbolism and all the other... Like uh, there were
2: 200 steps where they commemorate the 200 days of the battle... Yeah. leading up to the statue very interesting go on youtube and check it out the uh, the motherland call statue definitely
1: a great moment in building history you're listening to tool talk radio uh, alan we got some good stuff to get to and cool. we're gonna get to it when we come back
0: tool talk radio with joe and alan this is what the holidays are all about Three buddies sitting around chewing gum. Huh? News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis.
2: How else do you celebrate World Migratory Bird Day? Yeah. there you
1: go. Uh, that's what we're doing for Mother's Day tomorrow. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, why not? That's, that, you can't beat it. Sitting around, chew some gum. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio. We'll talk
0: about those wings I cooked last
1: night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios, I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, today we invite you to go, go over to Facebook, Uh, To two different pages, visit the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page, naturally, and also scoot on over to the uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page, where uh, the Royal Retreat Studio Cam is in operation, Mm -hmm. Alan, and uh, so far, Max has kept it on the whole time. He didn't turn his camera on, I've noticed, so... One yeah. day, people are going to want to see that, you know, see what you look like, Max. I don't. Know. I don't
2: think people want to see how the sausage is made. Well, they're already, you know, <laughs> you're going to get a glimpse
1: of it if you if you if you head over there, and uh, of course, you can go there any day, any time of the day. Like, you know, suppose you're driving and you can't really be watching video. Well, just scoot over there tonight and watch yep. the show and. Uh, in uh, in all its glory, mm. Alan. So, <laughs> if you, if you want to call it that. Hey, uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, in great moments in building history. Really, one of the most interesting statues I've I've ever seen. And right. Uh, definitely a structural marvel. Um, The Motherland Calls statue over in Volgograd. But, Alan, we failed to give credit where credit's due to the artist and to the engineer, and you're better at pronouncing these names than
0: I am. And I'm going to butcher them, so I apologize in advance. But you give me Vutatek and engineer Nikolai Nikotin of uh, were the guys really in charge of all of this. And uh, Mr. Vutatek of... Is uh, rumored to have used his wife's face, Vera, yeah. for the statue. Of they also used a local waitress, and they also used a lot of essences from uh, the Arc de Triomphe in, Pre- in Paris, the Marseille, of and probably even a little bit from the Statue of Liberty. Because a lot of these techniques for sculpting are pretty much immortal. They've been around since. Honestly, the Greek sculptures.
1: Well, we should say because you know we we covered the Statue of Liberty quite a while back, and of course you know the Statue of Liberty is hollow. It's it's really when when I learned how thin that layer of copper mm. plating, it's the thickness of about three pennies, which it just that, seems like nothing. But it's flexible, yep, and all that. Well, you know this this the concrete in in um, the Motherland Call statue is twelve inches, which that's con- that doesn't seem all that thick to me. That's
0: that's a lot of but, weight.
1: Yeah, well that's it is, but it weight, still seems you know.
0: Yeah. Awfully thin, and it's still standing.
1: So, yes. uh, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's good for a deep dive. Go on, um, go on YouTube and, uh, and you know, watch some pretty interesting mm-hmm. videos about it. So, all right, Alan, it's time to uh, shift gears, my friend. So, it is time for our must-have item of the week, and actually, this is going to expand <laughs> <laughs> into a bigger discussion because once again, when you and I were on on the phone doing our show prep last. Uh, Last night we said, "Wait a minute! This this is actually a bigger topic uh, mm. than we originally thought." So tell people what I'm holding up, sir. Actually, I'm going to hold it up in front of the camera. Since yeah, we've
0: let's look at the, that. Uh, so got you it have got expanding foam in a can.
2: Oh yeah, there yeah. are
0: ver- a variety of brands, but uh, yep, expanding foam in a can.
2: Um, I like the U. How it's like the expanding foam. It's the little stuff. details. Yeah. So I mean, whatever. I guess
1: I just gave the name out, but uh, it's uh, it. You know. I feel like everybody knows what expanding foam is. I feel like if I would have brought this in 10 years ago, we would have had to explain what expanding foam is. But, man, who—I think most homeowners have used this, but,
0: you know— And and have used it, I'm going to say, and have used it wrong. Oh, Oh, I've used it very wrong.
2: I remember when I was a kid and there was a patch in our backyard where we needed to use expanding foam. I would use my BB gun and try to shoot into it. Wait, what? What? (laughs) <laughs> it's a good It's a good target when you have expanding foam in a large area. Oh, oh so you made a big blob of expanding foam. No, I took you've... advantage of the blob of expanding foam and shot well, into it with his, a BB his gun. His father
0: tried to repair something, and he okay. went out there and went plinking. I think that's what i just said
2: max
1: uh, okay max has this tendency to, to 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 debate me on every little thing okay so you took a big blob of expanding foam and shot it with a bb yeah, gun yep, there okay you go. good for you so, all right well we were talking about the correct usage of how to use this to make your life better and of uh, all right well one stuff's messy and sticky. It's sticky be careful it's
0: wet it expands it gets it does what it's supposed to do it gets into everything right
1: um, and that's
0: what it's designed to do. It's designed to fill a void.
1: When did expanding foam come into our life? I know it's been around probably longer than we might think, but um I feel like I don't I never really got involved my, with my expanding first foam until ex- about the nineties. So. Yeah,
0: my first exposure to expanding foam was around eighty-two.
1: Okay. Yeah. Eighty-two. About, that's your that's before, yeah, I, before I, it was I, mainstream probably. So
0: well, and and the poor gentleman that was trying to use it. Used it highly um, wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it made, uh, it made, and um, it was the first time I had realized how much of an amazing mess you could actually make.
1: Yeah. If you spray, with spray foam. Well, it, it's got its uses. And, and it's funny because we were going to talk about the second part of our discussion, Alan, is going to be. What did we do before expanding foam? How did mm. we get by? But folks, if you if you're if you're not somebody that uses expanding foam much, basically it it comes in a can and it's got this nozzle that uh, you screw onto the top. It's about I don't know seven or eight inches long, and it um basically you this is the kind of thing though, Alan. You don't use it and then walk away and come back and uh, you know an hour later and think you're going to use that can. This this little no. nozzle will clog up within yeah. minutes. So. Basically, you better decide what you're going to use, and uh, I know they say it's reusable, but I've never had any luck reusing these tips. Like um, they fill up, they they get clogged, and you don't... know,
0: I I've I've invented a few wire right cleaners for them. Just run it down, get all the junk out of it, and you can mm-hmm. you can go again. But
1: yeah, uh, let's say conveniently. You know, you can use it, but uh, you can reuse it. But but I, Alan, I
0: find it use the can. If you're going to do the can, use the can. Yeah,
1: it's it's very handy. But uh, there's some misuses you can do for this. Ooh. I learned early on. In fact, it was my first uh, home improvement project, and uh, I I did I made a mistake, Alan. I put this. You know, when you when you install windows, this was a room addition at our at our first house. We converted basically a carport into a into living space, so we right. fully enclosed it. And uh, one window, um, uh, well, not one, I I installed four windows. And you know how there's gaps when you have a window? It's Mm -hmm. shimmed into place, and you need to fill it with something. Well, I I put expanding foam, but I made the mistake of putting the trim over it before I let the expanding foam dry. No, And what happened was I didn't allow any space for the expanding foam to to come out, you know, to... uh, expand out where i could just cut away the excess and it squeezed the window so tight that i couldn't open it so yeah that was fun i had to to cut that out and remove the trim that was a pain so this stuff you man you put it on and it looks you know it looks like oh no i need to add more well no Mm -mm. how much does this expand it it expands like five or ten times its size right well it
0: a lot depends on the size of the void the dryness of the void and the presence of humidity Mm, good of, point, yeah. Uh, if it is a nice standard temperature but slightly humid day, you are going to get the best possible performance out of your spray foam.
3: Oh. That's the condition. Humidity is lights- your friend?
0: Humidity actually is part of the chemical process taking place. See, I would have thought it was just the opposite. No, 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 no. So. Well, you don't want to get it wet, but humidity helps set it up.
2: This is kind of a science question, but does expanding foam operate with a similar chemical or a similar, pr- similar principle to shaving cream? Because shaving cream seems to have that sort of expanding foam property to it, too.
0: Uh, well, That's
2: an you're not question. horribly
0: wrong because we're going to go back uh, to Otto Bear. Uh, Otto Bear is generally the guy credited with inventing polyurethane.
1: Otto's just a cool name anyway. Yeah, well, too. you yeah. know,
0: the guy's name, Otto Bear. Okay. He's got, a, he's got a great name of, but the thing was, it was kind of one of those science show experiments where you had innocuous-looking liquid number one and innocuous-looking mm. liquid number two, and they'd pour them together, and they'd kind of shake them for a minute, and then it would go... <laughs> Oh, we have foamy stuff everywhere. Yeah,
2: looking at a picture of Otto Bayer, and he's literally standing in front of one of those demonstrations. Oh,
0: okay. Well, there you go. I
2: mean,
1: we have whole YouTube channels where they dump a bunch of uh, Mentos Mentos into like a a kid's swimming pool, and well, the
0: idea was this chemical reaction of would be actually a domino of chemical reactions because the first reaction would be we bubbled up, like throwing an Alka-Seltzer into the glass of water. Mm. But now we're bubbling up into something like a shaving cream or a viscous liquid yeah. that would trap the air. Right. And then we have a chemical reaction that solidifies the viscous part of this. Yeah. So kind of welcome to the the domino effects of foam spray. And this is why we weren't using foam spray in 1860 this was very chemically complex yeah and sure now is. today of uh, we can get it in a can so you know when you press that down you actually expose the two the two main sets of chemicals inside of it to each other mm-hmm. which then comes blowing out the end of it because it's got no place else to go right so basically it's a tiny little bomb in a can waiting to be mixed and once it's mixed, the complex series of reactions begin. And as they begin, they're expanding, they're moving. But also just a little bit of humidity helps keep the reactions going and lets them reach their full potential.
1: Um yeah. I want to say one thing about the misuse of this stuff, because oh. it, 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 it it does seem it just seems like it's invincible. Like you spray it, it expands, it hardens and you're you're in business. Well, I mean, it really hardens to more or less the consistency of like styrofoam or something. It firms it's, up, you could say this is not, you know, I know they make different types, but
0: it's not it's not concrete. No.
1: Okay, yeah. But what I want to say, though, is one thing that I do notice is, OK, this is something to keep in mind because you spray it and the outer layer gets very dry and it gets it even as like a smooth finish however if you put too much on the inside never really dries right it's gummy it, 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 you've seen this out like maybe you're spraying a a, a big void in a, so, a soffit or a ceiling or right. something and you just go to town and you spray that whole thing well it collapses. actually it's yeah it's going to collapse like a what a souffle or something that's like that that's what i was
2: thinking My mine yeah. was going to cooking and bread like a soggy bottom
1: Right. So yeah, exactly. So if you're going to spray it, you have to do it. If you want to fill a big void, what you really have to do, spray in a reasonable amount, let it dry, spray in another layer, almost like layers, but it's not the, it's not a completely magic solution. Well, horribly what you can do
0: is you can kind of cheat like we do with drywall mud Mm -hmm. and you can put a soft substance behind it.
3: Mm, yeah. Like
0: like if you've got a little bit of uh, fiberglass insulation right. that you can kind of act as a back wall, yeah,
3: then sort of it gives it something
0: two. to build up on.
3: Right. So
0: right.
1: Uh, uh, one one thing I, I I wanted to say too, Alan, because uh, I lo- I love this stuff, and uh, a lot of times there's uh, I see this a lot in sheetrock rock work. Okay, let's suppose you've got uh, a corner where there's um. How do I describe? You, basically, you've got two, two by 4s and then right. for whatever reason, there's this void back there. Yes. And you try to fill it with something, or, you know, maybe you're patching a hole. Well, you need something behind it to to grab. Sometimes this expanding foam is great. You fill it in, it expands, and then now you have something to... to you know, put your joint compound up against or something like that. But oh. like we said, it has to be used judiciously. And oh. it's messier than you think, too. Don't get it on your hands. Oh, or, yeah. or it's never coming off your
0: clothes sticky, either. Sticky, sticky, sticky. Yeah, now, I'm so. going to totally blow your mind. Okay. And when you're in a building or repair project, um, especially if you're working around, oh, I don't know, squirrels.
3: Right. Squirrel <laughs> damage.
0: <laughs> of If you have got soffit voids that are in vulnerable areas. Right. You can always put a little steel wool down and then put a little spray foam insulation over the top of it. And that way when the lovely little darling comes along to chew that end of the building off again. Yeah. This time you have something waiting for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Alan, okay, we've talked about that. I, I don't want to get I'm trying to think of what to say here without getting sued, but uh you could, you could mix it in with a lot of surprises for those squirrels, I suppose. Yes, I mean, yeah. I, I always wondered, though, I thought they can chew through steel wool. Well,
3: uh, they can.
0: It's just not pleasant. They don't want to. Why would you want to? And then you're eating this crunchy, horrible stuff. They can chew through this. It's just very unpleasant.
1: Okay. So- um,
0: chewing through your half-inch piece of lovely grade C or D pine mm-hmm. is easy they can chew through that in a heartbeat cuz that's right. tree and tree chips and they're used to chewing through that stuff. Yeah. But when you get to steel wool and uh spray foam insulation and that kind of stuff, uh it's very unpleasant for them to try to get through.
1: Okay. Now you've you and I have uh, have butted heads over one of the applications. You 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 there's an outside application. We oh, yeah. use this for where I've I don't know. I've mocked you. I've ridiculed. Mm. Although, if I'm honest, I've used. I've done this myself. A uh-huh. time. Yeah, I know. In a pinch, but tell us what uh, this one hack that you have. Oh, well, I will foam. definitely
0: straighten up a post with uh, spray foam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I, talking about a fence post or a heavy yeah, mailbox or something.
0: Well, all right. This particular spring, I have actually done this hack about six times already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of wind. And we've had a lot of rain. Okay, That means boxwood boxwood fences not necessarily fall over, but they'll start to lean, especially if they weren't installed really well. There wasn't wasn't enough concrete around the post.
1: That's usually where they fail. Right. It's
0: usually at the post in the ground. So, you know, you go on the inside, you put in a retaining post, you put a string on it, you tighten it up and pull the post back into place. Well, it's not going to stay. Yeah, yeah, because you're gonna the have to gonna either it. dig it out and re-concrete it, or of I will take a can of great stuff and of or other foam sealants and get down in there and fill that baby up. And of course, the moisture from the soil and everything, it'll really expand up,
3: mm-hmm. and it
0: makes a big mess. Yeah, and you go back after it's dry with a hacksaw blade, right. and just trim it up and make it look nice. But it will fill all of those little air spaces down there and give you a tighter, better seating for the bottom of that post.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I. Okay. It'll work. Uh, you know what? You I've remind done. me of Alan. If anybody out there is uh, somebody that deals with foundations or concrete, I know there's concrete people out there. I saw a video pop up on YouTube that um, was very interesting. They had like they they were showing driveways or sidewalks that had sank. Maybe, you know, four inches or something. And these guys came along, and they drilled holes in the sidewalk or Mm -hmm. the driveway, and they more or less sprayed it with what, to me, looked like a heavy-duty type of expanding foam. And you could just watch the—it lifted uh, the—you know, lifted it into place, and when it got to where it was, they stopped. They capped off the holes or whatever. So, I mean—
0: yeah, it's a concrete con- slurry. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's the same idea. They're just they're just pressure lifting yeah. and filling that void underneath there. It's the same basic idea. That
1: must be what they do when your foundation's sinking or something, right? I mean, well, you get it. Well, it similar. depends on
0: why your foundation is sinking. Of I mean, I've even been involved in a job on that where we had to dig out an entire corner of a building, mm-hmm. go in and build a concrete footer, and then add a building jack.
3: Right. Oh, and yeah.
0: Put the jack, put the building back up into place, and then they had the uh, spray coatings and stuff to make it permanent. Fill it back in, and you know the footing is there, the jack is there, the foundation doesn't crack halfway through the building. Right. Later. So, you know, there's a lot to that type of job. That is not a job I would say is a DIY. No, we we
1: you know, we we need
0: that to talk about That is more a professional about- that you need somebody that understands the stresses that are on your foundation. We we need to we need to talk
1: more about foundations and and I'd love to hear from professionals in this cuz you know the thing is uh, we've talked to different people dealing with your foundation. It it it's a very scary problem because you're like, oh my gosh, my. But sometimes it's not as scary to fix it as people might. Th- it might even be a, a simpler fix than mm. people think. So it's like, well, well it's better. Don't than the, ignore it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. it's better than the old days when of uh, you know if you had a void someplace, you were using plaster soaked rags and shoving them into place. And uh, yeah. you know, in the past, we used a lot of. Uh, you know basically natural based caulking dirt more mm-hmm. or less dirt yeah uh with some kind of adhesive in it to fill voids it's
1: almost like paper mache so and
0: yeah, yeah you you'll still run into that in of uh, since we're here in Memphis we do run into that periodically in the midtown area of town where you've got homes that have been there since Victorian times
1: and you tear open the corner and and suddenly you find up yeah a i mean big, i used to a, do that a big
0: wad of of uh, Plaster of Paris soaked rags, where right. they shoved them up in there and sealed the corner up. I mean, it worked. A hundred years later, it's still
2: there and it worked beautifully. Yeah. My question is, is like if thing with stuff like that or with expanding foam, could mold get inside there? Because I just think with anything, the idea of it accumulating moisture and mold, like what sort of problems are presented to that? Well, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, I think the the rags would definitely be more prone to. Yeah. I mean, any type, <clears throat> anytime there's a void and water gets in and has trouble getting out, I could see... I don't know. Expanding foam, Max, I feel like is a safer... I feel like it's going to create more of a seal, don't you think, Alan? Although that's... It well, can dry out over time, it, too, It's not so. the
0: foam I'm worried about. It's the wood around it. Because oh, the wood right. is, The surface the wood that is, is, it's trapping. Yeah. The, the wood around it is what's going to absorb the water and grow slime molds or black mold or other other things. Of hmm. uh, I've even been in an attic that uh, had a pinhole leak somewhere in the roof and there were mushrooms growing off the rafters.
1: You know, it's a good point. It's always, it's not the thing you put on it. It's it's the surface. That, like the wood was breathing and in and, and and it was ventilating until you put this thing on there and now it's not breathing and that's the part that's gonna rot. Uh, and, yeah, and that's and, a good that's, point.
0: that's where it's gonna trap it. So of uh, the other thing that I I get into with a lot with spray foam insulation is There is now a new version of it, uh, of a couple of companies are making it, that is actually a fire caulk type of insulation. And that means it has basically little silica and other particulates in it
3: Mm -hmm. that
0: if hit with heat, doesn't burn and expands.
3: Right. So it
0: would block flame from going through a void.
1: Well, they got, yeah. I mean, there's so many v- varieties of expanding foam. I didn't know we'd get this much mileage out of the discussion, Alan. But it, it's it's not just the foam itself. It's the same technology, kind of like Max said, you know, shaving cream, uh, concrete repair. It's, it, it, it's yeah, wide-ranging. A lot. Well, you know. We, Even Gorilla Glue has a form of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the same type of thing. It expands. So, well, we, yeah.
0: we go back to a lot of research by the DuPont Corporation back at the turn of the century which really began almost the chemical revolution that we have in home repair these days. Right. of uh, Paint has changed dramatically over the last 100 years. Sure. Uh, oil-based paint has almost faded away completely.
1: You know, they always almost, say that. Almost. I said there, almost. There, yeah. there will yeah. always
0: be a niche market for it. Of, uh, But we've changed the formulations of so many things. And now we're into chemical gas control and things that were once you know in 1950 when they were coming up with these ideas of mixing these chemicals you know the big problem was how do you control it and what do you do with it once one once one company or one guy figures it out right one researcher figures it out and it's open sea then it's kind of like you go from zero to 60 Right. In almost no time at all. Then you got
1: thirty companies competing Absolutely. to do the next. Uh, so yeah, no, but it is it is good stuff. I mean, it does it does uh...
0: it does what it's supposed to do. Hey, Alan, uh, we don't
1: want to get out of here before we find out what's going on with uh, what's going on with Dark Oak Media this week. I'm sure there's uh, Dark activity Oak Media's over there.
0: massive big hit is people you've seen at. Okay, we've got a little comedy shorts of just us talking about well. People you might have seen at the movies.
3: Okay. People
0: you might have seen at a garage sale, that kind of thing. And, of course, the big longstanding hit is it came from the international market where you get to watch us eat, you know, weird snack foods from around the world.
1: Okay. Mm Darkogmedia.com. Check that out. So, uh, And just a quick reminder, if you need a deck, a patio cover, pergola, exterior project for your home, if you like anything made out of wood for the outside of your home, uh, give me a call uh, at nine zero one nine two one seven one zero five, or go to my website thorshomes dot com. Boy, we really shoot horn. Those, per- you know, that's what happens when you're not watching the clock, yeah, Alan. Well, but uh, we got all yeah.
0: excited. Hey about guys,
2: yeah. i speaking of excited. I wanted to give a shout out to one of our texters named Danny. He's listening to us while he's repair working on his gutter. So thank you, Danny, for listening to us. All right, Danny, get in touch awesome. with us next
1: week too. Yes, a call, man. We, we love talking gutters. So all right. Hey, Alan! What a what a show! So, but uh, it, we're out of time. It's time mm. to leave. So, uh, you've been listening to another action packed episode of Tool Talk Radio. On behalf of my buddy Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.